on the referee. Yes, that was the moment Wrexham finally made it back into the Football League. 15 years to the day since we were relegated. Uh, incredible moment. First promotion in two decades. Uh, feels incredible. Anyway, hello. Welcome back. Cry on all to Fearless in Devotion, your podcast about all things Wrexham AFC. And we're all very tired, very emotional today. Uh, is that a fair summation, Tim? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I don't think there's many people that are and bushy-tailed this morning. Uh, Wrexham still stinks of the, the best hangover it's ever had. It was just amazing. Everything about yesterday was amazing, and we'll go into that further on in the pod, no doubt. But yeah, it was just, just a tremendous day. I think I read somewhere that the Mysegrins sold something like 6,500 pints by halftime. Um, so it gives you a, a kind of an idea of the scale of party proceedings before, during and after yesterday's uh, outcome. Well, that's a good, that's a good time to mention that our sponsor is uh, the fat boar. Uh, and if you like food, which it seems like all of the current Wrexham squad do uh, as they're currently eating there right now, uh, while we're recording this and having lots of Wrexham lagers too, by the look of it. Um, but thank you to the fat boar for sponsoring us. We really appreciate it. We've got a really good show lined up for you today. Uh, your definitive hangover cure, if you like, from the from the weekend. No, not for Andy, looking very glum. Uh, but we will have Humphrey Carr joining us soon to give us the, the background on all those wild celebrations last night. Uh, and then further on, we'll have um, broadcaster and uh, Wrexham lover Bryn Law on too to talk, maybe to look forward to next season and what we can expect in League Two. Um, but first and foremost, let's go back to the game. Uh, I mean, Liam, you were sat near Nathan Salt of Rob Ryan Red fame. Uh, what, were your, what were your feelings when that uh, first goal went in after less than 50 seconds? That was one of the most surreal moments ever. Just all this build-up, all this anticipation. And then before some people had been sat in their seats, this ball just comes over the top. Uh, I think it was O'Connell who, you could say, misses it. I think Mullin said he slipped, whatever it was anyway, uh, lobs it over Foster. And the strangest thing was, though, it didn't affect the crowd whatsoever. No one batted an eyelid. There was still people just carried on singing. It was like, right, well, OK, that's happened. Let's just get on with it. And yeah, I, I, I felt really calm before the game, which is really unusual for me. And even when they scored that goal, I felt really calm, which is maybe, you know, was sort of a signal of, of what was to come. But <laughs> what a way to start, a typical Wrexham way to start a massive occasion. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, but do you, do you think, Andy, it kind of really pushed us on? Like, we, we had to come out and win the game then? Yeah, I think we had to come, go and win the game anyway. Um, and I think they were quite businesslike all the way through. Uh, I don't think that really affected them too much. And also, there's, there's still plenty of time in the de- in the game, isn't there? You've still got 90-plus minutes. It it happened so so early doors that, 
no, it, I, I didn't really miss a step. Um, yeah, Liam's right. I think half a chance stopped, and then everyone went, oh, uh, oh, hang on, we're one down. Uh, and then and then it just the, the, the same chance started up again. Um, it was, I thought it was a great atmosphere yesterday. I, I didn't think it was a nervy atmosphere at all. I think people came for a party. Uh, the players were damn professional. And there's just so many heroes of this story. And it was good to see a lot of them out there on the pitch celebrating at the end. This is the first title in our lifetime. Um, and, you know, what's that? Only the third promotion I've ever I've ever had with Wrexham. And, you know, I'm just so glad I've spent, you know, I was sitting next to my mate Chris. We've been together everywhere. I put a picture up on my Twitter of, of us at the, at the final whistle. It was just so good that I could... I could share that with him because, you know, it was a moment that we some sometimes sort of think it would never happen. Uh, also, I missed the stag do for it, so I'm bloody glad they did win. Yeah, what's the story there? Uh, my, one of my oldest friends, Christian Paddock. Uh, look, it's his second stag do. He should have got it right the first time. Uh, he hasn't, so I'm, I'm, I'm blameless on that. But they just keep sending me loads of pictures of them sitting in Gdansk Square drinking beers. But now my pictures were much better because I was there for history, not uh, not listening to old football stories. Yeah, you how, make how, these people up, don't you? Paddock, sorry? Chris Paddock. You're you're making these people up again, aren't you? Christian Paddock, Pad, Paddo. Do you call him the horse? No, I just call him Pad. <laughs> I mean, he's he's not a horse. I, I don't, is that sort of is that sexual, Liam? No, I'm horses not, stay I'm... in the paddock. Why? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Tim. Tim. I, thought I, was I mean, for the for the uninitiated and for some of our newer fans, some of our newer international fans who, you know, I had a great time talking to people in the turf yesterday and on Friday from. Jesus wept at one point in the turf on Friday. I swear it was 75% American in there. Alabama, Louisiana, California. People had come over for the weekend with no tickets. Norway. For those new fans, uh, could you try and tell me you know, how that feels, how that felt for us yesterday and, and why it was so special? Uh, probably because it's such a rare moment. I was thinking about this earlier on. Like, where does it rank in terms of memorable? seismic days in Wrexham's history and it's probably it probably has to be the best because of the context around it because of the weight to get back to where we feel we belong and all this sort of stuff so yeah I think for the, for the Americans I mean a lot of them have bought into a lot a lot of them have read about the history but to actually understand I suppose what it means to people who go week in week out and have put in the hard yards and have spent hand over fist stupid amounts of money following Wrexham and you know, going going to far flung football outposts and and watching your team get dicked, it's never fun. You do it for the love of supporting your town that represents where you're from. Um, so for it to finally all come fruition, it's I mean, it's been a team that we've been that we can fiercely say we've been proud of for a couple of years anyway. But it's it was just mental yesterday. It was definitely without doubt. I think it's probably the best. It was the best promotion. I'm the same as Andy. I witnessed three. This was the best of the lot. Um, purely because winning a title on home soil very, very rarely comes around the opportunity. So absolutely amazing. And the atmosphere was was the best I've ever witnessed. 
Yes, I should say, sounds like all of Wrexham is still watching highlights of yesterday's game, judging by uh, Tim's Wi-Fi. But it, it's, I think it recovered towards the end of that answer, Tim. And you came across very well. Um, but you went to restart. No, 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 it was great. You went a bit man on a train. Uh, you went a bit angry with on the train, but it was it, it worked. Um, yeah, in, incredible. And, and Andy, actually, I was going to say, I totally agree with you in terms of, I didn't feel nervous at all. And particularly after the equaliser went in, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that we were then going to win. I wasn't, I wasn't even like concerned, which is really remarkable. I think it's, it sort of shows how, you know, brilliant the, that squad has been this year and that there's almost total confidence that they can go and get a result at the race course, whatever they want. I mean, how did everyone celebrate? Oh, uh, I think I did some pre-celebrations. So by the time I got to the, to the game, I was, uh, I was a little squiffy, but uh, my squint after I, I drank some of those six and a half thousand pints. Um, and yeah, I think I crawled in about 1am. I thought I'd lost my phone, but it was just in my pocket. You know, uh, yeah. Tim, you went into town. What was it like, mate? Did you see, did you see Ollie Palmer in the, in the boot of someone's car? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, twofold to that question. What was it like? It was pointless if you go into town that late because for whatever reason, I think Liam touched on it before, is that Wrexham was grossly underprepared for such a big occasion because everywhere was either shutting up early or closing the doors and not letting any more people in. And I know it was a late finish. That was the downside of a 6.30 kickoff. So not many places at all were letting anybody in because it was full to capacity. Um, and I just remember walking back from the bottom end of town and then seeing various sort of green aviation gin tracksuit tops coming towards me. It was just a steady stream of the players. And then this vehicle went past with three in an open boot with Ollie Palmer in the, in the middle of it, just singing, just going, Rexham, Rexham, Rexham. I was like, what? Oh, it's Ollie Palmer. <laughs> and then next minute, Ben Foster appears out of nowhere. And then people like pestering Jacob Mendy for selfies, literally whilst he's mid pizza scoff. So he's like, got him, he's took it. Liam? It wasn't Liam, no. That was later on. I did meet him. This, this, <laughs> this, this, this was pre 4am pizza. but So Jacob Mendy was smashing the pizzas early. But he had a full full slice in his mouth. Somebody said, come on, Jacob, let's have a, have a selfie. And so he was chewing. It was half hanging out of his mouth. And he had, to, he had to sort of like, in a cartoon dog style, he sort of slurp it into his gob and smile. <laughs> so his quality. Um, but it was just mad. Every, everything was... Was crackers last night. They all went, I think, into into the rocking chair for a bit of a post match slurp. And why not? Massively well deserved because they've done it, and they will never have to buy a drink in Wrexham Town ever again. I think that's very, 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 very fair to say. Who, who was at that Hereford game, by the way? Me. Anyone here? Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was. I, I, I remember it vividly because, A, we knew we were, we were going to go down if we lost. But Brian Carey was in charge, wasn't he, at that point? Temporary charge. And um, I can't remember whose car I was in. There was four of us in a vehicle. We'd gone down fairly early. And uh, there was somebody in the car behind us, like proper tailgating, like really up close. Maybe I was driving thinking about it, but proper tailgater. So... I sort of started losing my shit a bit. I was like, you can get back. You move back a bit because I literally couldn't see it. And it uh, turns out it was Brian Carey. So maybe maybe that was like a, a sign. I don't know. But 
if you know if if, if you can't figure out the the rules of the road, the road, then he's got no chance of keeping a football team. It's tailgating a sign? I don't know. Maybe it is. That's it. Isn't no, is it? It's, <laughs> it's just it's a very shit, tiresome, tenuous link at this point on a Sunday. So you know what? I wish I'd not told, told you that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were the only one there, so it's worth saying. I, mean, I, I, I only remember that night. I was there at the previous game at Hereford, I think, which was Dennis Smith's penultimate game, and that was another two 0 in miserable rainy conditions. Um, uh, but we didn't get relegated. The only thing I remember about when we got relegated is my mum. The next day, I was very upset over breakfast, and my mum saying, "You can finally, you can concentrate on your GCSEs now. They've gone. Forget, forget about it. You know, they've, they've been relegated. Uh, so relegation has made you the man it is. The man it really you are has. Now. Re- Re- Rex have been so. Oh, crap. Mama Williams, mum of the year, right there. You concentrate <laughs> on your education now. Yeah, that's why I'm the man I am today, indeed. Uh, but anyway, as I was saying, uh, we've got uh, some special guests coming up later on. Uh, Humphrey Carr to talk about um, everything that happened. And the mood in the uh, aviation gin lounge. Is it a lounge or sweet? It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, lounge. Lounge um, sweet. Which I'm sure was uh, euphoric last night. And it was great to see. Great to see Rob in tears, wasn't it, Liam? What did you What did you make of those pictures? Yeah, that was quite touching to be honest. I, weirdly, I was closest to tears in the last... Oh, it's like 15 minutes. I think maybe after the hey, second or third same. goal. 78 mi- a 78th minute, I looked up and I went, I think I'm going to cry here. And then at the end, I didn't. I, I was just like, I was like head in hands as if we we were losing or something. But it, I think it was just the realisation that, you know, finally we're actually going to do it because Bournemouth weren't offering much in attack. Um, yeah, it was, it was just really emotional. But seeing Rob Mack cry, um, yeah, it was it was nice touch and they were they were like Tego went after the final whistle I saw I got a video of them running across the pitch to go and join the players I think they were so eager to work, to get on there to celebrate <laughs> even even more so than myself who I love the fact that Andy gauges his emotions by the clock I looked up and saw 70th minute I think I'm going to cry about now yeah, no, 12 was, very memorable oh, time in the match. No, I was wondering if I could cry to the end of the match. I just needed to work out spatially uh, where I was in, <laughs> in everything. And uh, I thought, if I'm going to cry, cry at the end. I don't want to cry like 15 minutes in. Someone's taking a throw in and I'm bawling my eyes out. No, no. So I, I was going to pace myself a little bit on the crying. In the end, I didn't cry anyway because I'm hard. Wow. I was, crying, um, I was crying when I was told that there was a three-hour wait for a taxi at 4 a.m., uh, that, that was the closest I came to tears, I think. Walk where did you, where did you walk go and celebrate, Liam? Uh, so, where did I go? Well, I started in McDonald's, which is the go-to destination to start any any celebrations, obviously. Uh, then on to the high street, where the public drinking laws were thrown out the window. And in fairness, it was pol- it was policed really well, actually. They They, they got it spot on. Um, we all went to an off-license on the high street, bought some beers. I think some cigars may have been bought, not by myself, because I'm asthmatic. So I don't want to go killing myself after a famous victory. Um, then we were down the alley by the um, Drunk Monk. Uh, where else did I end up? Ended up in Penny Black. Uh, went to the Cross Foxes, which is a, a lovely den of inequity. And finished up in the karaoke bar on um, the corner which of Hill Street. Um, did you say? Yeah, then 
I didn't sing. My friend sang Wheatus Teenage Dirtbag, which is his go-to party piece. Wow, celebratory. Song. Yeah. Very, very high song. Is he a, is he a top tenor? Yeah, yeah, he, he can hit the notes, to be fair. Um, and then, yeah, on to, on to Perfect Pizza, where they were struggling to cope with orders and took us 45 minutes to get to get food but i saw jacob mendy in the meantime and got a picture um then then i had the missed call um from becky wondering where i was so i was w- walking around the taxi ranks three hours for a taxi so yeah i just walked Walk home. home by the time i got home yeah. it was five in the morning and yeah i was not well <laughs> sounds like a good night to me i mean back back on the pitch uh, andy what what who stood out for you yesterday? I mean, obviously, obviously, those two goals from Mullin were just completely insane. But but I mean, I feel like we should just say after every game, forget about Mullin because we know he's going to be class all the time. Who else do you think really impressed you when we were when we when we went one 0 down? Who dragged the team through it? Do you think? I thought Mendy had a great game. I thought he he was excellent, and you know he was. I'll be honest, mate. He was terrible against Halifax, and I thought I can't see him. I, I, all his confidence is gone. I can't see him really finishing the season. But fair play. Apparently, Parky's had a word with him, and what great man management! I thought he was absolutely fantastic against County, and he was the same same uh, yesterday as well. Um, I know we, we we should just put Mullin to one side, but isn't it so fitting that he scored the two winning goals? If anyone sort of epitomizes this Wrexham FC side, FC side often on the pitch, it's Paul Mullin. What a guy. And the first goal I was, his first goal, I was, I was just dead level with it. And it's, it was a stunning strike. The way it curled in, as soon as it left his foot, I thought this is going in. And, you know, what a, what a talisman we've got there. What a great picture there was later of him sort of with his arms raised, just looking at the, at the crowd. It was just, if the, what a, what a marriage us and Paul, Paul Mullin, because, you know, a lot of people said, you're really stalling your career by coming down to Wrexham. Well, I think, I think the promotion and I think the way he sort of gelled with us and we were him has proved that he's made the right decision. What a guy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And as you say, very fitting that it was him that, that did it. And that third goal, you know, left foot again, and he's shown how two-footed he is, Tim, wasn't he? And the way he... Again, when when he broke away and he was one on one with the last defender, you just had a feeling that it, that he was going to bury it, didn't you? And like, like it's that it's that great feel that we haven't had for a long time from a striker that he's sort of he's got a half chance and you think he's going to bury this. If you watch it back, he takes one look at the defender, sees the fear in his eyes, and he knows he knows. Then he goes, "Well, this guy's backpedaling, so he's either going to bring me down and give me the penalty." Or I'm just going to smash it past him. So he defended news in trouble straight away, and just watch him. Like he doesn't, Mullin doesn't look at his feet because he knows what he's doing with the ball. He just looks at where he's going to put it all the time. Like just raise the focus. It's unbelievable. And yeah, to do what he did, he had a bit of a. It was either take it inside and have a go, but he just it was quite clever really because the the defender, the way he takes him, almost um, blindsides Ashmore and goal. Like Ashmore's like not sure where he's going to put it. Is he going to put it low down to his right, or he's going to come across him? And before he knows it, he's too late to make the save. He's kind of like got a finger on it, and it's just, it's just a sumptuous goal. I mean, again, you know, the the goal of the season reel 
for this year is going to be absolutely crazy. I mean, trying trying to whittle that down to if they have to whittle down to ten goals is going to be almost impossible. But again, for for probably sheer importance and context and the pressure on the game, I think Mullins' first goal yesterday is probably my favourite, just because of of where he where he picked the ball up and where he ended up putting it. It was just insane. But two great goals. I said to somebody the other day, like last night, I said, you know, you need for big games, you need a big game player. And the retort back was, he's an all game player. And he is. Uh, he's just unbelievable. And I, and I firmly believe he's going to be just as good next year in League Two. And I, it would not surprise me if he scored 30 plus again, which is insane. A word for Ryan Barnett. I thought, again, mm. like what a signing he has been. What a. Uh, a boost he's given us in the last two months. I mean, that first goal, he had that left back on toast and just glided past him. Lovely delivery as well. He's big class, hasn't he? Yeah, what, what, what a player he's he's turned out to be. And, you know, me and you saw him at Maidenhead and we thought he looked uh, dodgy defensively, didn't we? We, we? we said it at the time. Um, and he he's... He's far exceeded my expectations because not only has he got better defensively, but he's his his crossing is just fantastic. The way that he goes past players, um, yeah, I I really think he's one of those players who can go up a few a few divisions with us. Great timing, uh, Humphrey Carr, executive director of Wrexham AFC, has joined us with a wonderful image. Um, and there's an even more. Here's, a, here's, a, here's a less good one. Oh, thank you, Reese. Oh, it looks well <laughs> considering the party. He looks well. Oh, blimey. I don't feel well, but I mean, I do. I feel my spirit. The spirit is great and the body is weak, or whatever variant of that uh, old phrase you can enjoy. I saw. Hi, Hi Humphrey. Big day yesterday, wasn't it? Was it? Is it the season two of American Auto out? <laughs> yes yeah it's dropped it's dropped on sky comedy now tv turn off the podcast go to your televisions and uh back the boys in this case are uh the cast of american auto and make some noise and in this case sit quietly and watch it <laughs> uh indeed in all seriousness uh how were the celebrations where well, what do you get up to fantastic yeah i mean i i, I was um to be honest, a bit sort of overwhelmed, really, at, at a certain point, and I was, I, it, I, I was so hot and sweaty, and quite, quite frankly, pretty smelly by about sort of nine thirty. From just sort of a bit of nervous sweat, a bit of like it was hot in the morning. I was running around, doing, you know, we're doing sort of match day stuff to get ready, and I, I, I was, yeah, I just sort of, I hit a certain point, I hit a wall basically about at about 11 p.m. So I ducked out and I thought that was probably also not not the most inappropriate time to go so everyone else can have fun. You always have that slight feeling of like, am I am I the boss in this? And am I am I is everyone like, yeah, and then I come in the corner and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, everyone's being well behaved. And then I I leave the room and everyone starts really partying. So um, Your excellent yeah. David Brent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, I was going around trying to sort of just dad dance with everybody. Uh, and but yes, it was this last night was one of the first moments where I really felt the gulf between me and you know the players in terms of like, oh, I'm like 20 years older than a lot of these guys, they at 100% should be crashing the McDonald's on, on the high street and and going wild until god knows what time. And I should take my wife and go home and we'll cook a bunch of sausages at sort of one in the morning and 
eat them on the sofa in front of a comedy documentary on BBC Four. Uh, it's very, very rock and roll. I should say to anyone who's listening and being like, what is this toilet talking about? I don't really drink. So, so you know, there comes there comes a point where as everybody as you diverge on the sobriety track that eventually you're like it's it's time to, it's time to get out of here and let everyone have fun without me haunting this exciting day were, were the players in the in the stadium Humphrey I walked past yes. from the rice Gwyn and it, it it seemed pretty raucous in there yeah so so we got everybody basically once everyone everyone had cleared the stadium and the families all went into the scent so the players you know went in had showers whatever it may be came out scoop them all up and then and then they all went to the 1864 where it, it was it was jumping i mean I, su- I suspect that various videos from that will will start to emerge over the next day or two nothing controversial but just you know a lot of folk standing on tables what i, th- I have to say hats off to whoever was djing because they managed to get a run of songs on which a lot of our chants are based so you know status quo came out we had whatever that one that goes like Jordan Tarnier, Cliff, that that sort of floor filler. So there's a lot of that going on, and you know, just it's just guys celebrating with each other, celebrating with their friends, their families. Rob and Ryan got right in the mix, um, as as is their want. And um, as I say, I I slipped away into the night, feeling satisfied and replete with joy. What what have you heard from Rob and Ryan this morning? Were sore heads? What what did they get up to? I th- well, of course, you have to remember they're both in the Illuminati, so they they've they've got access to that n- no hangover uh, um, serum that that uh, Bill Gates invented that normal people don't get. Um, so no, I mean, listen, we we a lot of a lot of love and joyful texts to everybody in in the group chat this morning. Lots of lots of thanks from all of us earnestly to each other, and you know, I think they're back, both back in the states uh, by now because I think they flew they flew early this morning and and. Um, yeah, it was it was an incredible incredible day for everybody. So so today, I'm sure I know they've been doing this. I mean, we've been doing a lot of you know. Oh, have you seen this picture? Have you seen this? Seen this little video of someone outside the ground or this little? You know, we've all seen those amazing pictures of Paul. The way that those angles from from um, from behind of him him with the crown in front of him and just I, I'm also really looking forward to seeing what. Lloyd and Gemma and and Rob got the club photographers who who are unbelievably talented and you know I mean basically I'm I'm like have you got any cool pictures of me looking cool on the pitch that I can post um but I know the pictures they're going to have got of the players and of the, of the game and stuff there's going to be so much great stuff that's going to come out over the next next week or so I'm sure and the triple a can't wait for that yeah it's it's hard we were just discussing before you came on it's hard to I feel like I spent all day just trying to catch up with everything that's on twitter mm. everything that's on instagram i mean give, give us an idea of we were discussing earlier how none of us really had any doubt that we were going to win even after mm. we were one nil down after a minute what was the mood like in the box how was it up there how were the owners feeling because obviously it was a it was a massive shock to say the least to go yes. to go behind that quickly and it was so yes, sudden yes. it was it felt like 10 seconds rather than 50 mm. i mean you know what was the mood up there up uh, up in the box then like honestly i think i think it sounds like exactly the same as you guys had i think there was just this this feeling of like well yeah okay that there's there's our big rick for the game there's there's the big mistake and hats off to them they've they've made the most of it but we don't do too many of those and I'd, and you know i don't know that we'll I don't know that we'll do another one for another 200 minutes or something you know it, it's 
it really was kind of I, we had a few folk in in the box um you know who, who perhaps to, with the greatest love in the world had not been to that many football matches and were a bit like what oh ah oh, sort of slightly pressing the panic button and i yeah i remember sort of this guy looking at me and pulling a face and me just being like don't care don't care and, and i really didn't at that stage i mean it's great obviously you know elliot getting getting one pulling one back that quickly if we'd gone in at one and a half time then you know the nerves might start to kick in a bit but also huge credit to the crowd because they responded instantaneously and there was no you know we we do have a slight penchant for groaning and 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 getting nervous and and I get it and I and I also have to respect that because I've only had two years of of sort of stressing about wrecks and results and I think if if you've had that long to worry you, you're going to worry aren't you so but I, everyone was brilliant I mean it's, I just think everybody believed they all believed and I think we saw yeah in that in that 15 20 minutes after their goal there was a sort of relentlessness about us that you just felt like okay there's no no one in this division can live with us when we when we really put our foot down and and start to kind of grind the life out of a team humphrey there's there's lots of heroes in this but i think one person who for me has really stood out how he's handled things in the come last on, couple thank of months thank you it's too much andy you can't <laughs> say uh, yeah, I didn't come on here to be praised. Been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that that picture looked fantastic. Yeah, uh, but no, no, Phil Parkinson. I yeah. mean, I just you, you say that they're relentless. I think they're a team that are used to winning, and even mm. when they have a setback, will always find a way to 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 sort of get themselves back into it. How impressed have you been with how Phil sort of dealt with with, with what is incredible pressure coming to the end of the season? Yeah. No, and I mean, there's been pressure on him right from the jump. You know, it it, it was, it, it's extraordinary to think back to, to you know, two odd years ago now when, when uh, that, you know, the half season that we were in charge ended and there were, you know, we thought we were under a lot of scrutiny then and it is nothing compared to 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 what we have right now. But, you know, that was an appointment that carried a lot of interest and there was a lot of like, well, I mean, he's got to, you know, that's he's got the easiest job in the world because... They've got all this money. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Blah 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 blah. You know, I mean, I think people, yeah, overestimate the effect that just pumping money into a football club has because you've got to blend the right people together. You've got to create an atmosphere and an environment in which, you know, someone like Paul Mullin scoring, you know, forty-five goals in a season or 46, 47 goals in a season doesn't create a monster. Doesn't create a dressing room prima donna or you know uh, and no, no one's big time you know, i heard ben foster because i've watched every single scrap of everything from yesterday talking in the press conference yesterday about like there's no one's big time in that dressing room and i and, you know i'm a very new to football dressing rooms at all um and b it's not really i, I try and stay away from the dressing room because because I, I get it's not my place to be in there and i don't want to up you know anyone to be like oh what, what's he doing in here or anything like that you know it's it's it feels very sacrosanct to me but you can tell just from being in and around the building during the week how close they are how much they all love each other you know i think there was such a big outpouring of love on tuesday from all of the squad when 40 scored that goal and you just got a sense that these are a group of people who are all pulling together they love playing for Wrexham they love love being here and such a huge part of that is down to Phil and and Steve Parkin and Aidan and, and Lee Butler before and the atmosphere they've created you know tactically yes brilliant you know um he has you know that I think at times some of the uh, dare I say armchair critics and and you know ha have 
have looked at Phil and been like, oh, he's tactically stodgy, he's this, he always does the same thing, he doesn't do whatever. You know, you look at our game against Notts County and, and how incredibly clear a game plan there was there about how very specifically we adapted what we did to take advantage of, of where we thought they had a weakness. And if it hadn't been for some slightly trigger-happy uh, refereeing or linesmaning in the first half, you'd have seen that time and time again, that game. And <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of him. I love him. I'm I'm so glad. I'm, you know, I remember when uh, Les and Sean uh, first sort of gave me the breakdown of, you know, who, who they thought out of the of the many many candidates we had apply were worth talking about phil's name jumped out of the list because it was you know this was a guy with a serious pedigree and and the question was could we get him and you know as well documented rob had to really chew his ear off for an hour and, and explain to him how serious what we were doing was but i know you know from from speaking to him last night and speaking to people close to him you know he loves it he thinks it's the best job he's ever had because we have to remember that phil historically has done an incredible job under difficult circumstances that's sort of been his mo you know in a lot of the places he was he was really punching above his weight and this is one of the first times I think in his career he's come to a place where he knows where he stands he knows he's going to get backing he knows he's got support of two owners that that love him and and you know we're seeing the benefit of that and I, I think it's going to lead to great things going forward um just you sort of sort of mentioned it um going back to last season there was a difficult period for for Phil where he couldn't mm. really get get the plays in he wanted to really fit his system and I know especially after losing away at Torquay I know there was quite a few calls calls for his head was there anything mm. any murmurings behind the scenes that maybe maybe he wasn't the right man for the job or were you always dead set that this was a longer term term project mm. and Phil could turn it around well, I mean, the topic came up because it has to, right? You have to, resp responsibly speaking, you you have to always be thinking, right? What's the what's the correct path forward for us? I mean, that's that's one of the real challenges in sort of going from from poacher to gamekeeper or whatever in terms of from going from being a fan to going to working for a club is, you know, you have to be thinking all the time, is this is this what's best long term for the club? So, you know, the, the base the topic came up as like is you know how do we feel this is going where do we think we are but but you know genuinely that conversation lasted for about two minutes it's like we have faith like this this is the guy and i mean i i can't i'm not in any way taking any credit here but i will say that personally i've long had a philosophy that you, you just you need to give managers time you need to give them time and you know you look at okay arsenal have gone slightly off the boil here but like arteta was like a joke in the premier league two years ago or a year and a half ago he was getting in routinely they, they you know match the day would do a thing like what's what's he playing at the guys are, you know he's out of his depth he should you know he needs to go and work out what he's doing further down then you see the benefit of trusting someone and, and believing in them and you know he clearly had a plan he clearly persuaded Arsenal he had a plan and we we just were always very confident with Phil that he he knew what he was doing and again that sense of it takes a bit of time, you know. We we had he had a mixed squad of his guys and then guys that he had inherited, um, and ultimately the feeling was, well, you've got to give him a couple of transfer windows to get his team the way he was. And you know, obviously, especially after Ollie came in, you saw that huge improvement last season. But the, but the, one of the biggest things for me, and again, you know, it's not my say so who who we hire or who we fire or what we do or where or when. I have input into it. The the difference in 
the atmosphere around the building. And that was a combination of Phil and Fleur and Sean and everybody we brought in, Pete, John Widdison, like all, all the, the changes you got and Kevin Mulholland and his team and like just this sense that this was a really great place to play football and a really great place to work is that's the thing that I'm really, really proud of. And I, I truly think that you don't win a men's title, a women, you know, women's title and promotion, and uh, and have the success we've had this year without all of those things kind of coming together in a, in an important way. Humphrey, we've um, obviously last night it was party central and yeah, and the hair down. Obviously, one more game left, and then mm. the season ends. I would imagine there's been some semblance of planning for some sort of open top bus parade something where where they can thank the town but ultimately for us to thank them um, and because obviously there's i didn't realize at the time but there was thousands of people outside the ground that obviously didn't have tickets for the game i had no no concept yeah. of that even being there i saw pictures of, of people just being in and around the ground just because they said they wanted to be there for this moment so is that is yeah. that uh, almost rubber stamp now do you know much about what about how much I know that we're we're doing some rapid planning. I mean, there was there was some preliminary conversations, but actually, to be honest, silly as it may may sound, pure superstition kept us from yeah going going too far with with planning. So I mean, listen, we want to do something, and we and we will do something. We're just working out when and how and 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 what's you know what's the best way, because as I say, we've got another game. We've got obviously nothing going to happen pre Torquay, but um. Other than you know, you may see the lads. They're on the were in the fat bore earlier, so I'm sure you may see them around doing some of their their own celebrations. But in terms of um, a, an actual organised thing, it'll be um, it'll be a, a, yeah, a few days after the end of the season, or maybe up to a week, or maybe as many as two weeks. It just depends on what everything where everything lands. But yeah, we want to have a big old party, and we want everyone to be there. Great stuff. And is is, uh, is Paul Rudd now a full convertee to the Wrexham cause? He seems to well. So yeah, he loved it, and I I met him very briefly, and he was of course annoyingly incredibly nice and friendly, and he told me he's quite starstruck when he saw Kerry because he's watched the whole documentary mm-hmm. and loved it, and um he slightly mortified me by being like, oh, I thought you should have got the Star Wars part, and I was like, oh, I'm slightly devastated that you. You know, one of our generation's best and funniest actors have seen me twatting around in a car park, pretending to be a alien. Um, but um, no, I mean, it's it's just it's so weird, isn't it? The whole thing that it's becoming almost normal that that you know, some someone came up to me and was like, "Is Taylor Swift here?" And I had to be like, um, "I don't know. I genuinely don't know. She might be. She, I, you know, she could be somewhere. I've not been up to the the suite yet." Um, and it's just become a sort of thing that's quite normal for us. Um, so yeah, it's 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 great because it's it's reflective of you know I think it gives everyone a lot of fun and people you know see it spot them in the turf and it's just a slightly surreal thing, but it's just a reflection of how excited people are to come here. You know, it's it's because you have to remember again. I mean, I think he's over here filming, but it's you know it's a bit of a slog to get up here from from London one way or the other. And um, that he, you know, they, he, he wouldn't have missed it for the world. So now, now the sort of the sort of the dust is settled. We can all mm. relax going into that that final game next week to a certain point. Just, uh, just, um, just want to pick your brains. Really looking back, reflective. 
is there anything you 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 think you know what one of the biggest lessons you've may have learned this season from a personal point of view whether it's something that surprised you something mm. that you that that may be curveball is there anything that you think oh yeah looking back i didn't maybe realize at the time anything that's picked up for you i think it's i suppose it like what i mean it's is it a lesson or is it is it i mean suffice to say i think it's one of the things i've loved about this season and i, I suppose the lesson from this is you should always you should always be ready for for an opportunity in a way because w- what we've seen is the emergence of players that we didn't have on our sort of bingo card as being key performers and key parts of the puzzle. So, you know, two obvious ones towards the end of the season are, are Ryan Barnett and, and Ben Foster, who, you know, Ryan, again, was one of those ones where he was on our radar as like, this guy's got a big future and I think there's an opportunity here and we should bring him in now because there'll be lots of competition for him in the summer and we, you know, we want to try and steal a march on people. And, you know, it could be a good idea to have a backup right wing back because Bryce has been struggling for fitness and we've only got really got 40 there and the idea truly was well well you know Barney could be a good option stick him on the bench and he can come on last 10-15 minutes and terrorize people and then obviously with with what has happened with 40 he got thrust into the spotlight and has absolutely thrived and I mean it's just been unbelievable for us in this run-in um, and we all feel very smug and clever, like we, oh yeah, well we knew we, you know. I mean, the idea was he, yeah, he, we weren't expecting him to play as big of a part as he has, and he absolutely has done. And then same with Ben. I mean, Ben truly, the idea with Ben was to bring him in to be a backup to to Chomp, and um, you know, we we were all very confident that that Chomp would be a, would be a brilliant keeper for the run in for us, and would keep doing what he's done so well this season. I, I feel, you know, I think there's a real. There's a really difficult thing in football, which is to shift a reputation. Like as soon as, you know, as soon as the fans make a decision about you, it's very, very hard. And it can go both ways where it's like, oh, this guy's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, irrespective of how he plays. It's like, well, he's had, a, you know, we all have an off day. And then if you're, a, you know, particularly if you're a goalkeeper, if you make a mistake early on, it's very, very difficult to shift the the perception of your trouble. But anyway, we Ben was brought in, you know, the idea was, well, you know, he's, he's probably not ready to come and play first team football yet, but we'll bring him into training. And if, you know, the worst comes to the worst, we can throw him on if something happens to Chomp. And then, you know, lo and behold, after the first training session, we get a text from Phil being like, um, this this guy, we've got a Premier League goalkeeper is like wound up on our hands. What, what uh, you know, where's this come from? And so, yeah, I think it's just that thing of everybody has a part to play. Always be ready, always be prepared to grasp your opportunity because you never quite know when it's going to come. And and um, when it when it does, you've got to, you know, you've got to grab it with both hands. Humphrey, there's been a lot of um, talk in the media about all the hows and the whys of the the, the takeover. But the one mm. moment I reflected upon yesterday where I, I thought none of this wonderful, crazy fever dream would have happened if Humphrey Carr is not sat in the writing room watching Sunderland <laughs> till I die. Did, did you, uh, clearly not, but did you ever foresee what would happen <laughs> after that? No. It's just been crazy. No, I mean, it's been mad. And I mean, it's been, I mean, you guys know all the ins and outs of of what's happened over the last two and a half years. So there's nothing I can like tell you that you don't already know. But it, it's, I think for me, it's, I mean, it sounds, I don't know. I'm, it, for me, the thing that surprised me the most and that I, I treasure the most is just kind of the welcome that I've received in, in Wrexham from the jump. The, 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 I think the, 
people saw pretty quickly how you know me and Robin Ryan by extension but they were always going to get a good welcome because they're famous off the telly but but the the you know people I think recognized really quickly how much we cared about it and how much we we were into it and how it wasn't uh you know I still see people being like you know we well, put up our we did it with promoted tweet people being like oh they'll get bored soon and like can't wait for it all to end in tears and blah 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 and all i say is like f- fucking enjoy your wait because it's 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 gonna be a while <laughs> i hope you've got a good yeah. book um to to while away the next 40 years of your life waiting for it to <laughs> waiting for it to go wrong well i mean listen it, it might go wrong but that will only be because you know we make some bad choices we you know football's difficult we might get relegated but we're, we're we aren't going anywhere you know it, um, we're not going to get relegated next year or the year after that. Don't worry about that. I'm talking about sometime in the next 40 years. We might, you know, we might not always win 110 points every season. But, you know, it's... Um, is that exclusive, Humphrey? Yeah. 40 years? Is that the is that the time frame? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll put it this way. When I spoke, and I think I may have said this to you before, and I've said it to various people here and there, we had a, we had a board meeting in LA in, in August to talk about you know what some of the some of the talk about the cops talk about various things you know it, it it was it was a point we needed to have one because we had you know we hadn't had one sort of proper sit down discussion about right where are we where are we going we kind of hit felt like we'd hit the end of a phase and it was time to start looking to what else we wanted to do and ryan was like i want to be doing this when i'm 70 i want to be doing it when i'm 80 and and you know he's 45 now so um okay 25 years not quite 40 but you know, I think I think Rob talked about I want to do this for the rest of my life and I want to do it for like future generations of my family. So he's clearly planning on creating a, some giant dynasty where a 95 year old me will be bending the knee to Leo McElhenney. See, <laughs> he he, uh, he makes decisions about our our uh, our future in the uh, in the space Champions League or whatever we're in in, in 40 years time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's. I mean, you guys, you guys know because you obviously are so invested in everything, and you see what they do, and you see them up on the balcony, and you see the tears and the excitement and the and the joy, and you know they just can't. They're like big kids; they couldn't wait to get onto the pitch, couldn't wait to go and hug Ben and Luke and and Ben Foster and Mulls and everybody. I mean, it's just like they are. We're all kids in a candy store, really. Which is why it's lucky we've got people like Sean and Fleur who are a bit more sort of grown up and <laughs> she, she or more organised and take care of stuff rather than uh, just being so so uh, uh, emotional as we get. Yeah, I was talking to um, a journalist midweek and very very cynical breed of people, um, as we all know, mm. <laughs> same as me. Um, but th- there was one thing that they asked me, which w- was about the longevity of the thing. You know, oh, you're not worried that this is going to end, say, oh, in a couple of years. I was like, that's I don't can't speak for other fans, but for me personally, that's not really one of my concerns. I think you can mm. see how genuine it all is, and you know, things like that. It's just it's not something that really concerns me, and I worry about absolutely everything. So mm. <laughs> that that is certainly not one 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 of the thing I was going to ask you is, um, I think by your own admission when you first came in, you know you didn't know anything about <clears throat> running a football club. How do you feel now? A few years down the line, do you feel like you know a bit more? <laughs> I definitely feel like I, I know a bit more, certainly, and I I have a little bit more of a yeah. I mean, just combat experience helps an awful lot. I mean, it's it's still I still remain. A relative novice but but again I, you know I, I want to heap as much praise as I can on on Sean and Fleur because they 
you know, really know their onions. They're both incredibly experienced. And, and the thing that, I mean, I've talked to you guys about this before, I think, on the pod, or maybe the last time I came on, which was a while ago, which is that I think a lot of folk don't understand how threadbare an operation we sort of had when we came in. You know, I, I, on yesterday, I came in to the pod uh, in the morning and, and the match day meeting was going on. I looked around the room and I was like, there are so many faces here that weren't here a year ago, weren't here two years ago. And there are still peppered in amongst them. I'm glad to say, you know, Geraint and Colin and um, Phil, um, Phil Bennett and all these, um, Chally and, and all these people who've, who've been here through the, the, the thin times. Um, but there are all these new faces in there and they uh, that are and it's a, a, like a happy room and obviously we're all so excited and looking forward to what was what was coming but yeah I, I'm I'm very very grateful to the two of them and, and everybody who who works on the staff because you know they've had to deal with a, a lot of challenges I mean it's the 10,000 people in is incredible the the level of interest is incredible it's all brilliant but it, it, it makes it harder it's a lot easier to operate and I mean I think um my friend Charlie Baker from from the um, National Obsession podcast is very worried about us at Torquay on Saturday because he's like, we never get, you know, we never have this many people in. It's going to be it's going to be a challenge for everybody to deal with. Um, so, yes, to, to go back to your question, I do feel like I know a, bit, a lot more, but but I I remain confident that the best guiding principle I can have is that I still don't really know what I'm doing, and I want to listen to people who do all the time, and that's that has to guide particularly the three of us on the board. Humphrey, we're being joined soon by uh, broadcaster Brynlaw, uh, who is going to help us uh, look forward to uh, our time in the Football League. Because believe it or not, we know very little about the Football League because we haven't had to uh, worry about it for for quite some time. Uh, So uh, you're welcome to join. And we'd be delighted if if you could stay. Um, But I wanted to ask you before, you talked about the Space Champions League there. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, in all seriousness, have you and the owners and Sean and Flo and everyone involved in this project be surprised by the level of interest. I, you know, you can anticipate that they thought it was going to be big, but I think it hit me for the first time this week. I, I was working in the town, as you know, Friday and Saturday, and I was really quite staggered by the amount of international fans I was, mm. I was talking to and the sort of earnestness and the sincerity and it was very obvious that they were all in and were coming over to Wrexham for a weekend just to go for a pint in the turf with no tickets yeah has that even taken the owners and you sort of aback um I mean I think I'll say this Rob has always had this incredible confidence in in the plan from from the jump like he completely was sure that people would would fall in love with with this town and with this team and with the whole thing i think like i think he just backed himself as he always does to to deliver that i mean i i definitely am surprised in, in a good way i mean i i think i just had this very let's say english or maybe very british thing of being like i mean you know but i mean come on is it really gonna is everyone gonna be as i mean i'll love it i know that and i know lots of people like me are going to love it and, and there's plenty of us around that's great and that's enough to, to achieve what we're looking to do but I have been really surprised but I mean I've I've ne- I mean I've never had more text messages or uh, um um you know Instagram Instagrams send like my dad uh, um DMs and you know just just the 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 sheer amount of the outpouring of kind of love and you know people are not spoken to for ages who've who've seen it who are so excited but watch the documentaries like oh I didn't want to bother you but like I'm so excited today and 
you know, it's it's I I noticed earlier. Hey, brain, got looking very very uh, appropriately. Phillies Phillies out today. Go Phillies. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, I, I sent a, a message into the guys' group chat earlier because I'm sure you saw that graphic last week about how many more views our Notts County announcement had the over the uh, yeah. over Liverpool and Arsenal. Blah, blah blah. Well, anyway, full time yesterday. Last time I checked, was 14 and a half million people had had seen that announcement. And again, you just it's it's extraordinary. Like if if you know if we can activate all those people and, and get them interested, then you know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say is, and I'll be honest that this weekend is the first time that I've actually thought, wow, you know what, the sky really is the limit because I, I'd always thought, you know what, championship is a really challenging but realistic ambition. It might be nice to do a season in the Premier League, see what it's like, you know, do mm. a Cardiff City, we'll just go up around. and then come straight back down. Um, but now, you know, I, I people will probably take the mick out of us but you know i can really see it anyway as we've as humphrey alluded to we've been joined by bryn law broadcaster welcome to the podcast bryn a very very good evening to you <laughs> um you look as happy as you were in that video when you were reporting on the boston game was it is it a similar feeling when uh to where we stayed up in 2008 um no it's been much better than that isn't it i mean i think that was exactly well, it was yesterday wasn't it the, the, the year equivalent because loads of people, when I was out and about in town last night, um, loads of people seem to have watched it in the in the build up to the game. So I, I suppose from that on that basis that there may be an equivalent in terms of it was a big crowd and a very very important um, game of football right at the end of the season. But I mean the aims and objectives were completely different on that occasion. It was just surviving. This is something way more positive um, than than that was. Um, so that was a good day. But we we just about scraped to stay up this time. We've you know, we, we've taken a huge step um, towards being back at a place that we feel we deserve to be at. Uh, Bryn, tell us uh, where you were yesterday. How did you celebrate? <clears throat> well, it was quite the day. Um, I began, I was in uh, in a Hammersmith yesterday morning um, from where I cycled. I signed up for one of those Santander bike things and cycled down to um, Craven Cottage just for lols, really. And then uh, I commentated on the Leeds United game at Fulham. And uh, the brief with that job is that if Leeds get a positive result, a draw or a win, we do some stuff post-match. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm there after the final whistle for, for a spell. Uh, but the brief also says if Leeds lose, we don't do anything straight after the game. So as genuinely disappointed as I was, the fact that Leeds got beaten, it did at least give me an advantage for the next bit, which was to get myself from Craven Cottage to Hammersmith Tube Station to Euston Station to Crew Station to Wrexham Football Ground in time for kickoff. And uh, planning went well. Um, planning went well. Planning was good. Planning was successful. And I got there. Yeah, and what an occasion it was. Uh, you may have caught it there, Bryn, that we were talking about Wrexham's potential uh, and it just, you know, the skies does seem to be the limit. You know a lot more about the Football League, uh, I think it's fair to say, than we do. We were just joking about how we haven't really had to worry about it for quite some time. <laughs> Tell us what we need to, what do Wrexham need to worry about uh, next season um, and, you know, how are we going to find League Two, do you think? Well, I, I don't think Wrexham really need to worry about anything, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I'm uh, I, by the same token, 
I wouldn't kind of dive straight onto this concept that we're going to just, you know, it's going to be a procession straight through League Two and, and into League One, because uh, I don't think it will be that straightforward. Um, we have got a very strong squad, but we'll be paying, we'll, we will be playing better sides next season. You know, uh, it, they may not be massively better, but we will be playing better sides next season at bigger grounds in front of bigger crowds. Um, so that that will present a challenge. What you what I don't think you will have that we've had for the last two seasons, frankly, is a team that barely ever loses this season in particular. But um, I think, you know, so some of the fans we've we've um, we've picked up along the way. Brilliant to see so many people getting involved with the club. But they may have to just uh, recalibrate slightly on the basis that it, it's going to be it should be much more difficult. And that means that we will not necessarily win every single game that we play. Um, but they, the Football League presents great opportunities um, financially. There's a lot of help um, in comparison with it with the National League. Uh, and the one interesting aspect of it is that actually we have enjoyed great um, exposure and coverage in recent weeks and months in the National League because we've been the big fish there. But we won't be that in the Football League at all. And people like Sky Sports will... You know, they, they um, show championship matches. They occasionally delve down into League One. Very, very rarely do they ever go down to show a League Two game. So we might end up being a little bit out of the spotlight, actually, in the Football League. And that in itself might not be um, such a bad thing, for, for a short while at least. Bryn, can I ask you about financial fair play and where sort of Wrexham sit in this? Now, it's, it's, it's something that's been bandied across a bit over the last sort of couple of weeks by fans, but I'm not really sure people really know what it might mean for us. Is it the fact that um, they'll look at what we're bringing in and, and sort of how, how, how we can spend it? Um, what, I think what I'm trying to say is basically, should we be concerned about it? Um, I think, it, it, I'm sure, well, hopefully we'll um, be able to concur with this, but I know, I'd be pretty sure that planning's already taking place on that basis because you have got to think about it. You've got to make sure um, in a different way that the books balance with the, with the Football League and turnover and that the revenue that you're bringing in becomes ever more important and the way that you spend your money becomes very important as well um, because you're allowed to spend more on certain things. Um the playing budget, um, what has happened to clubs going up in, in recent seasons who may be said to be similar in terms of the way that they've gone up, i.e. that they've, you know, they, they've invested heavily in their squads. What they have found on occasion is that when they get into the Football League, that does have an impact in terms of the number of players they can have, straightforward stuff. So I think you saw a bit of, uh, at Salford, for instance, I think they ended up having to cut the squad back because they just... They couldn't hit the targets in terms of what the what the football league demanded, so I guess there'll be potentially some scrutiny on that. I mean, we have an advantage here, as I understand it. I'm not an absolute expert on any of this stuff, but I think we have an advantage in that we do create a lot of revenue, um, and that revenue creation becomes ever more important when you want to spend more on your players. Um, so the good, the great crowds that we've been getting, and will I'm sure continue to get plus the big commercial deals or the uh, the good commercial deals, which will now be bigger commercial deals, I suspect. Um, all of those things will help. And that will ensure that I, my guess would be that there won't be a huge impact on us. That would be my guess. Others uh, others will, will know better than me. Humphrey, I know you've got to go very soon. Could we pick mm. you up on that before you go? Um, I mean, yes. I'm assuming planning is in full swing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, 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 
we're do, kind of doing a dual track plan, which was which was you know, what if God forbid we stay down here next year? What does that mean, etc. Blah blah blah. Obviously, we're sort of pretty confident that we were going to want uh, Plan A, um, which is which is now panned out. And I mean, yes, as as Bryn says, a lot of it is down to how much revenue you generate, and the amount of revenue you generate is is frankly ex- pretty extraordinary. And I mean, bear in mind, obviously, we had our our annual accounts came out a few weeks ago, and those those only refer to the period up to June. 2022 um so we hold the documentary has subsequently come out the merchandising has gone through the roof or or, there's all sorts of things i mean what i will say is i think people few people come up to me in the car park my usual haunt um uh when i was having my cigarettes which i gave up last night after we won the title (laughs) thanks got through a whole whole nearly 24 hours that having one and i feel incredible um uh the um you know our the, 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 what people would see in those counts, so there were some people like, oh no, we've lost three million pounds, whatever it may be. But essentially, we've added vastly more than that in value to the club. So, so um, you know, what what you will see coming forward is probably something not dissimilar next year. We we will will make a loss again in the in the next set of accounts because um, although our revenue has gone up enormously, we've also spent elsewhere. And again, we've added value to the club in various different areas. Um, but yes, next year I don't. Well, I listen. I, uh, football uh, FFP is not going to be a problem for us at all because the amount of um, income that we're making is is vastly more than than we need to cover the kind of the equation for what you, you're required to spend. So again, I I, uh, I I issued one of my stinging rebukes to everybody that was telling us like get ready because they're going to get bored and leave. Um, everybody who also is like they're going to be fucked by financial fair play. Again, um, enjoy wait, your wait because it's not going to happen anytime soon. I'm bullish. We want the love league. Bullish, picking, Humphrey. I'm picking <laughs> fights. It's me, uh, podcast bully Humphrey Carr. And also, and he's he, people who can't answer. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, sweary Humphrey Carr on a family friendly. I podcast. have been quite sweary. <laughs> um, yes, sorry. I'm full of I'm full of uh, ginger and fizz, and not full of nicotine, um, which is what has been required to keep me in check the whole of this year. So, um, yeah. But um, I think you've got to go now, haven't you? Um, I do. I'm going to go eat eat my dinner. Thank you very much for joining us. It's always great to have you on, and we'll uh, speak to you soon and enjoy. Thank you. uh, Actually, if I may, I want to say congratulations to all of you because you've been Wrexham fans a lot longer than me. And, um, yeah, I'm so pleased for all of you, as I am for myself. So continue to enjoy it, and uh, let's do it again next year, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Cheers, Humph. Brilliant. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Fantastic to have Humphrey on as usual. Let's carry on um, this conversation uh, about next season. You know, um, Bryn, we've seen Stockport this year. They're there, thereabouts, aren't they? Um, you know, it's. do you foresee it as being a bit more, you know, like in the championship this season, you know, you've got a lot of teams, haven't you, in that top 10 who are who are fighting at the top promotion. Is it going to be a much more competitive league in that way? You don't foresee a, a big gulf between the top three and everyone else? I don't think it'll be like this season. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'll be amazed if it is. Um, so, yeah, it'll be tighter. I mean, there's some, I had a look down the list today. I indulged myself in in sort of um, which trips will I be looking forward to. Uh, I mean, I arrived at Crew Station yesterday and there was Gresty Road just looming behind the, the back of the building there. And I'm thinking we're not too far away from a trip back to, I mean, these are, these are our, this is the paradise for us, isn't it? Gresty Road back on again. Um, and some and some recent foes as well in Alexa Harrogate and, and Crawley and um, 
people who've got out of the division in the time that we've been struggling to do the same. Um, but I, I, I mean, from what I've seen of the squad this season, I thought we, uh, what was telling for me with the with the cup games, because um, the big hope I have for next season is that the squad can finally, the team can finally play without this incredible weight of expectation that's been on them for the last two years. And in frankly, it's been on Wrexham teams ever since we dropped to this level, because our generalist fans' expectation was that we shouldn't be here, we've got to get out of it. So every single defeat becomes a disaster. And there are lots of managers, ex-Wrexham managers, who will, I think, testify to this, that it's a proper roller coaster. You know, you win a couple of games, you're the greatest thing ever. Then you lose a couple of games and you're literally minutes away from the sack. And the, that, the players have felt that as well. And for a long, long time, we haven't had players, frankly, who could cope with that pressure of expectation. And now we've got together a group of players who can, they actually seem to thrive on it. However, when we played in the FA Cup matches, and we were allowed to play without that weight of expectation. And we were also allowed to play a bit of football. We looked, I mean, for an hour at Coventry, we looked absolutely fantastic um, in the two games against Sheffield United, who are now a Premier League team. You know, we we, we we were within seconds of beating them, basically, and scored lots of goals against them as well. So when that group of players had the opportunity to play without the fear, without the pressure, they could play. Um, and they, you know, that's the bit that it encourages me to think that they that they can have a good season next season. I'm not, I'm not um, suggesting for one moment that it will be a, an absolute march to the title. I think it will, be, it will be more difficult than that. But I think they can. I think they can thrive in a new atmosphere. Bryn, where are you uh, most looking forward to going to? Because I was on a look at this before, and it, obviously it hasn't been finalised yet. The final League Two makeup of next season, but. Obviously, we're going to miss out on Rochdale. We're probably going to miss out on Hartlepool. Um, we don't know whether Stockport are going to be in the division, so on and so forth. So of the ones that have been confirmed, the more obvious ones, I guess, but where, where's the, the, the places that are, that's on your uh, your hit list that you're pensive? Well, I, 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 there aren't many I haven't been to, um, uh, if any, on the list currently. But I, I, I think there's a lovely connection potentially with Bradford if they if they... Um, end up staying in, in League Two because Sparky, uh, Mark Hughes is is a, a very much a man of Wrexham. You know, I used to go and do um, interviews with uh, with Mark at um, Stoke or wherever Blackburn, and the first question he'd always ask me before the interview began was, "Town are doing all right, or how are the town doing, or um, if it was a Saturday evening game, how did the town get on today?" That was always Mark's kind of um, that was the beginning, the, the opening gambit in our in our conversation. And so it would be a, re a really nice tale, I think, if we um, if we end up playing them next season, and uh, and it's really close to Leeds as well, so it's a good potentially a decent day out for me. Yeah, it's been a while since we played them. I think. Go on, Andy. I, I, I won Gillingham. I've never been to Gillingham. I won Doncaster. We've never been to that that ground. We've Wrexham have never played in that new stadium, which I think is probably now about 15, 20 years old. Um, but we've never been there. We've been to the old old Doncaster. It was at Bellevue, wasn't it? But yeah, never... yeah. Tell you what, I'm not. I I don't want any of Newport. I've I've done my fill of Newport. I've I've been there too often. So... Nobody wants to go to Newport, if we're really honest. You know well, I mean? Newport is great for me, as I say. Three, four, five. Last how many ever seasons now since there's been no one 
effing closer than Yeovil. So three and a half hours. So I, I'm looking forward to Newport. I'm looking forward to Forest Green, dare I say it, because they're coming down from League One. I'm looking forward to Swindon because it's straight on the station off the M4. Absolutely, you know, all these ones that are within sort of reasonable amount of time for me to to go to. I'm very, very, very excited. Um, Bryn, on the pitch, um, I think it's fair to say there's going to be a fair bit of turnaround in the squads, uh, a turnover, I should say, this summer. Um, is there anywhere in particular that you think, well, first of all, I might ask, do you think there's going to be a similar Mullin-esque signing uh, this summer? Something that's going to make people go, Bloody hell, they've signed this lad who was tipped for the championship. Uh I would say yes, because I think that's how I think that's how we operate now. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying it'll be a superstar signing, but I think we'll still be signing. We were signing League One players in non-league. So, you know, by the same um the same equivalent, we maybe would be signing championship players in League Two. So and I think we would be a real draw. Um, at the moment anyway, because there's been so much, there's so much awareness. If you fancy, you know, a bit of this, then um, that could be a, an element in in terms of people actually agreeing to to drop down um, because they, they like what they see in terms of their, just, you know, it looks like a lot of fun, I think. Doesn't, doesn't Wrexham look like a real fun place to work, as it were, currently? Um, for all sorts of reasons, but um, so that may very well help us. But I, yeah, I think they'll definitely look to um, put together a competitive squad. Uh, by the same token, I don't think an awful lot needs doing to the squad. Um, we need a goalkeeper because um, I don't think I don't think that Ben Foster. I, that was a brilliant idea to sign Ben Foster, by the way. Um, but I suspect that he probably doesn't want to go back into the full time. Uh, the full-time game and Ben's 40 and we should be really looking to sign a goalkeeper who, who we'll have for, you know, three or four years, frankly. So I think that's an area we, we probably need to address. Um, I think they'll probably look in the uh, fullbacks. We, we may be, um, things may change a little bit there or just have a bit more backup. We've got plenty of them, um, but I think maybe that's an area. And then, um, I mean, beyond that, uh, we've signed a striker, obviously, and I suspect that one was with a nod to next season rather than this season. Um, so I don't think there's—I don't think there's a massive amount of work to do. We'll see, but um, I, I think we're quite well set up. I think the squad is strong. Sorry, can I just come in on players? Uh, one, one, one guy who didn't, who didn't, wasn't, didn't make the squad yesterday was Luke Young. Um, you know, obviously being a great servant to us in non-league. Can, can you see a situation where maybe he moves on in, in the summer? Well, he's probably, Luke, thinking to himself now, how many games am I going to get? Um, and um, does he want to um, stick around on the basis that he's he probably isn't the first choice pick on the evidence of what we've seen over the last few weeks? Um, that others have arrived. I mean, that's what happens, isn't it, in football? That's what happens when you strengthen a squad. Um, you gain, but you people also lose out. And I think Luke may, may have found himself in that situation now, whereby he, if he wants to play more regular football than you know, the age-old thing, he might have to go somewhere else to do it. I tell you what, we've lost... It, when Luke hasn't been playing, we've lost one key element, for my mind, from our game, and that's set-piece right. ability. Yeah. 
because he's a brilliant corner taker and he puts a great free kick into the penalty area as well. And we haven't scored uh, many or any goals in recent weeks. Basically, since he's not been playing, we've not scored many or any goals from set pieces. And um, I think we we have missed that element, to be honest with you, because that's the, uh, you know, like games like uh, yesterday, that that game that's tight, that set piece can be the difference. And if you think um, the, the Maidstone away winner, uh, a Luke Young corner kick for, for Aaron Hayden to win it in the last minute, having been pegged back, those sorts of moments are important as well. So he does offer something quite useful to the side still, but I think it would be his call as to whether he thinks he's still really got um, that full-time captain's role to play. Brendan, when we're looking to sort of long-term future, one thing that I've been thinking about is how important it's going to be for us moving up the leagues to try and restart that production line of young players that the likes of you know, Brian Flynn brought through. How much do you think that could play a part moving forward? Well, I know that... Um behind the scenes that uh, moves are taking place to identify and then create the site for a, a, a training, a proper training complex. And that academy concept is a really important part, as I understand it, of, of, of that idea, of that project. So there is a very much an enthusiasm to get, um, to try to get the club back to that, that place that you suggested there, that, that, club that had a reputation for producing talent they I, I'm I'm pretty sure the guys in charge want to do that um so once the site has been uh, identified and the, and then the the buildings have been put up then I think that will become a significant part of of uh, what we do again yeah the main reason I ask is because I I feel like our catchment area whereas previously you know everyone wants to go to whatever club, you know, we haven't really been a fashionable club necessarily for youngsters over the past, so, well, probably since we dropped into non-league, but when I see the buses coming in from <clears throat> Gwynev with full of people, youngsters, adults, I think surely we've got to be an appealing club now to clubs in North Wales, maybe looking towards Shropshire and that kind of area. Well, you're absolutely right, and actually looking way beyond that, frankly. I mean, I, I've been um, talking to uh, a, a people out in America who are working and coaching out in America and they, you know, they see the potential for um, setting up soccer schools or soccer camps or coaching schools, Wrexham. It's what the big boys do. You know, Liverpool have got bases, Manchester City have got bases all over the place and they put their staff, they put coaching staff into those places to, to run those kinds of set up, setups. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if that didn't become part of the concept going forward because we have this huge advantage of, of uh, recognition. And um, so you could offer something different. If you go to anything connected with the Premier League football club, you know that you're very distant. Uh, you, it's a long, long old journey and, and highly unlikely you're ever going to progress to play for that Premier League club. However, if you came into um, this, this the, the Wrexham arena, as it were, on that basis, then you might actually have a chance of playing for Wrexham. I think people would, would maybe recognise that that opportunity presented itself. Um, so I, I think, I mean, it, we say um, time and time again, but that it's the beginning of a journey. It, this is not the end of the journey. This is the beginning of the journey, frankly. This opens more doors now in terms of uh, we'll get financial backing from the Football League for um, academy, to build an academy, to invest in an academy. There'll be help now. 
and all of this could be really really important in terms of just making this thing grow just keep keep growing keep the momentum going i think it'll be a key part of it could we be poaching mls players bryn do you think well, well yes i absolutely i do think that because um we have a we have a, we've got a, a road in there now you know that people people know the product um and and they like they like the product uh, they like what they see. That so you you know you'll get a buy-in, especially from young people. Um, you know that, that that recognition could be crucial. And um, America is still a relatively untapped market, but everybody's telling me I, I um, have American involvement um, to an extent at Leeds United. That there's a potential 49ers ownership um, to uh, go through at Leeds United. Um, I talk to Americans quite a lot um, about this kind of thing. There were two uh, people from New York sitting behind me at Barnet um, the other week who were at their first ever football match. And um, they were saying how big the game is becoming in America. And if you go to a match, I was when I was at Fulham yesterday, loads of Americans at the game there. There are loads of Americans coming over to watch football stroke soccer now. And so, you know, we have the ability now to tap into that. We are tapping into it. We're going to San Diego to play Manchester United and, and North Carolina to play Chelsea, for God's sake. So we have a chance to get involved on the same kind of way, smaller scale, than the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool and Manchester United are already doing. Yeah, the sky really is the limit, isn't it? Uh, I mean, be before we end... Let's should we turn it all back? We're all excited for next season, but let's let's go back to you know your feelings there at the final whistle, Brim, because we we were talking about this all, earlier on in the podcast. I mean, how because I know we we have international listeners to this podcast. We're very grateful to have you. Thank you so much for listening and to following along. Um, but sum it up for us, Brim. That that what what it meant at the final whistle. Oh man, it was. Um, I mean, it was beautiful. The whole the whole thing. The second half was beautiful. Um, it was just me hugging people, hugging each other, and 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 um, it was all very emotional actually. And there were lots of people, kind of on full time, hands on the back of their heads, kind of looking to the heavens. Um, people were crying, um, you know. So it tended to be the old, the older ones amongst the support base, frankly, because you know we we had that tantalising glimpse. My first game was at, at, in the second division, Championship as as it's described now. Um, and I saw championship level football at Wrexham and I saw 20,000 home gates in, for league games. So I had a tantalising glimpse of that and then it was taken away. And from that point onwards, it's been something very different. And more recently, it's been very, very different, depressingly so, frankly, at times. Um, so to have the glimmer, the chance that we could get back to something like that level, and, and it's a long way off still, but just that that blessed relief. It's the recognition. It's the um, it's kind of the it's like why we go mad about the FA Cup games when we've had them because it's suddenly it's us playing against kind of proper teams again, albeit briefly. And we used to do this all the time, but we haven't been doing it for a long time. We used to play Manchester City in the league for crying out loud. Well, twice anyway. And um, you know, it's that sense that we we're back. We're back somewhere close to that now. And that was, uh, and and it was just, it was lovely, um, because the Wrexham fans are, are great. And I mean, it was uh, yesterday was a fantastic day. The final whistle, the 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 relief, the hugging, the emotion, 
all that bit. The uh, and then into the, the town last night was just sensational. It was just sensational, and that's the bit that Ryan and Rob um, and Humphrey and all the people, Sean and all the rest of the guys involved there, have to take enormous uh, beyond recognition credit for because to it to um, to kind of just infuse an entire community in the way that you saw in, in Wrexham last night, the scenes in Wrexham last night. And then that's that's um, that's a, a thing of wonder, the way that they've managed to do that. And um, it was just, it was a fantastic day. It was a, it was a brilliant day um, into this morning, quite late this morning. And, um, and I will, you know, be forever grateful for the fact that they've given us the opportunity to enjoy that. Really well said, Bryn. Any last comments from everyone, anyone before we do uh, say our goodbyes? Uh, I've just seen a video of Aaron Hayden singing Buffalo Soldier in uh, in the Fat Boy Beer Garden, and my heart's just been filled with joy once again. <laughs> yeah, let's hope there'll be plenty more videos like that coming out. And uh, from the party that Humphrey alluded to earlier, uh, let's hope that they do. Um, a reminder that you can get in touch with us. Oh, actually, Tim, someone has got in touch with us asking if you were someone from the Cambridgeshire Reds, haven't they? And an email is that was that you? Um, no, because the, the same chap uh, accosted me outside the ground yesterday and asked me the same thing. So I had to be swift in my apology that I had replied via email and uh, assured him that it definitely wasn't the same person because that would have put, I probably would have put another decade or decade and a half on my life. So no, oh, yeah. not, not me. So if you are out there, Tim, of the Cambridgeshire area Reds, um, please let us know. We can, we can connect you like Scylla Black did on Blind Date many moons ago. Or surprise, surprise, wherever Indeed. it was. So and also please do email us in at fidzine at gmail.com. Uh if you want to get a reply from us about three weeks later, we'd be really delighted to get your email. <laughs> Alternatively, please do comment on uh our YouTube channel, which is there now. Subscribe, like, do what everyone does. And you can buy us a coffee, can't you? Which is at this ludicrous link that is somewhere. Um, oh, don't read it out again. Just, 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 Google, us, just Google buy us a coffee, fearless and devotion. It's dead easy. It's, it, right. it, really is, it really is that simple. Just just go go to Twitter and then click the link tree link in the bio. It's dead simple. You to read it out it right should we cool. just end on predictions because we've got oh, one game left we don't need to oh, all right go on then. On. yeah fine go on then yeah we're gonna i'll go first right. uh we're gonna win four one okay uh tim uh we're gonna win three nil uh billy waters hat trick no no sorry i wanted tim from the Cambridgeshire reds sorry he's not here oh um uh liam do you want to go next we're going to draw one all because I like the symmetry of finishing on one, one, one point. So, yeah, oh, just, just purely to yeah. aesthetically please me. Bryn, what do you think? Oh, I think we'll get one because the lads will have been on it all week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and rightly so, by the way. And uh, and a lot of people will go swimming. Uh, that's my other prediction for the, for the weekend. I'm not going swimming. It still looks too, too cold. Um, I'm going to go. I reckon it'll be quite a fun one. I reckon it'll be three or three each. Just another. It's a crazy game to end a crazy season. Come on. Let's do it. We'll see you all down there. Yeah, sounds good. Everyone is going to Torquay. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll speak to you soon here on Fearless and Devotion. Bye. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Your environment.